This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Braves, by the way, uh, took over, it seemed like, the All-Star game for a while. They had all four guys on the infield uh, <laughs> during the middle of one of the middle innings of the All-Star game. Elliot Johnson is with us on the Adam Gold Show. All right, sir. I was I was reading a story yesterday, and we, you and I started texting, and I thought this is interesting. So there's a story about the Oakland Athletics, and this is in actually written in the Athletic, and how they're like pushing back on Major League Baseball's assertion that there wasn't an offer in place from the city of Oakland to keep that team in Oakland, and it appears that there was one. Um, so I, I guess I'm going to start about the commissioner here, Rob Manford, who I have taken shots at because uh, I'm not entirely sure that he loves baseball. Or I actually have said I think he hates baseball actively. Mm-hmm. Um, what what they have done, or it looks like they're trying to do, moving the uh, team to Las Vegas, is similar to me to what Roger Goodell did, moving the Rams from St. Louis to Los Angeles, only Las Vegas is not the number two media market in the United States. Is that fair? That's a pretty fair analogy or comparison. I, I look. I think um, you know there's there's a lot of layers to this, Adam. I'm I'm not necessarily against Oakland going to Vegas. What I am against is an abundant. Um, it, it's clear that owners don't operate in good faith. He's a right. fiduciary to his owners, Adam. Um, he's right. going to, you know, a, a lot of this stuff is smoke and mirrors. He's a businessman, clearly. That's all he cares about is furthering, you know, the owner's agenda, uh, his own agenda. Obviously, he's running for, you know, re-commissioner campaign, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And and I suppose the frustrating thing for me is that no matter how awful he is and how terrible some of the things that he says, he somehow gets the get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to accountability for, you know, the World Series trophies, just a piece of metal, alienating an entire fan base. You know, I mean, you know, who didn't grow up loving the Oakland A's in some capacity? I grew up as a huge Cubs fan, but the the Bash brothers and Ricky Henderson, um, you know, George Hendrick, I mean, I've got so many uh, players that I used to love, Jason Giambi, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Damon, uh, Miguel Tejada, I mean, you know, Moneyball. I mean, you can think of so many different things. Um, You know, it's a little bit annoying that he gets to get away with whatever he says. You know, minor league players are seasonal employees, Mm -hmm. by the way, that can't work for another team and are under contract for six years. (laughs) There's so many things he says that just don't make any sense, and there's no accountability. He he either feels like he's above it, and, and, I mean, in some ways he's becoming public enemy number one, for people that are really true fans of the game. Elliot Johnson is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, he does say, he. it almost seems at times as though he says things without thinking, and I think this is where he kind of uh, ran afoul with the Oakland Athletics situation. And just to go back to the athletics, I'm obviously significantly older than you, Elliot, because when you, you, you're you talking about growing up and you start saying Bash Brothers, and I'm like, wait a second, I thought you were going to say something about Vita Blue and Reggie Jackson because that's where I was in the mid-'70s when that was the team with the bright colors and the Charlie Finley uh, A's and the, the, the vest – uh, and the white shoes, no team wore white shoes. Only the Oakland Athletics did. Uh, and it was uh, it was a hip, 
crazy franchise. And then he busted it all up. He sold all those players uh, because, you know, that was Charlie Finley uh, being just super cheap. I mean, to me, it goes back to what Rob Manford did with minor league baseball. It that, that they forgot that you cultivate fans through the minor leagues. It's not just, you know, you know, kind of fun family night at the ballpark. You're building a fan base and the college wooden bat leagues are nice and all, but you're not creating a major league fan at any of these, you know, Cape Cod league games. It's a different entity. And they just right. completely gutted minor league baseball. Well, imagine imagine being able to watch Ron Acuna at 18 or 19 years old in, you know, somewhere in Iowa uh, or somewhere right. in the Pacific Northwest, you know, where you don't really have an opportunity, you know, to watch Major League Baseball. You know, whether it, it's a, a thing where you can't afford to make that commute, you know, because it's not like going to a Major League game is, is cheap. You know, I mean, minor league baseball gives you an opportunity to get a glimpse at what it's like. And I'm telling you, as a kid that ends up growing up and becoming a big leaguer myself, we thought those guys walked on water. Mm-hmm. Out. I mean, any guy that had a uniform that played professional baseball was uh, it was special. You know, we knew how good they were. We knew how talented they were. And, I mean, we would take a paper plate and get them to autograph it <laughs> if, we could, if we could somehow manage to get to them, right? So I, I think that it hasn't been good for the game. And then the other, obviously, thorn in, in a lot of – uh, fan side is the blackouts are just asinine. It's just it's mind-boggling that they can't figure this thing out, and how he gets the get out of jail free card on that. Not only that, but then the uh, the juice ball era there was, you know, how he gets to skate away from that, and there's never any ramifications there. Um, and you see what it's doing to your Mets right now. Francisco Lindor had such a huge year with the juice ball or years, mm-hmm. and he parlayed it into a three hundred forty million dollar deal. Although a couple of those, you know, obviously his best years in Cleveland there were with the juice ball. So, yeah. I mean, you know, there's, ram- there's ripple effects here, but nobody's there to actually be accountable to the ripple effects that have occurred from some of these decisions he's made. Yeah, Lindor has not quite been a $30, $340 million player. Is that, I'm, he hasn't been horrendous, but he hasn't been that player for the Mets that he was with the uh, Cleveland Guardians. You are a Cleveland Guardians uh, legend, if I'm not mistaken. Elliot Johnson is joining us here. Uh, Manfred's talking about expanding the league. And by the way, before we get out of here, we're going to have to talk about Shohei Otani and speculate on what kind of contract he's going to get. But Manfred is talking about expanding from 30 to 32 teams, which, frankly, yeah, okay. Uh, if if there's cities out there that can support Major League Baseball, we have some right now that are not supporting Major League Baseball, but that's probably because of ownership. Um, what uh, what are you what are your thoughts on two more teams in Big League Baseball? Well, Nashville's a slam dunk, Adam. I think anyone um, that's been following along, I, I think that they're ready. That would be a great place uh, to have a Major League team. Yeah. You know, the other one that that. You know, I had a friend of mine, shout out to Matt, uh, that threw this curveball at me. You know, so remember when Cleveland moved to Baltimore and then Cleveland came back? Yes. So what if what if Oakland moves to Vegas and then Oakland is allowed back as an expansion with a new owner, with a <laughs> new owner, and they get to stay the Oakland Athletics? I mean, to me, that's actually a brilliant idea um, because now you get a new owner who is actually wants to win and isn't using it as a piggy bank. Right. Because clearly the, the current owner has no interest in trying to win. Yep. I mean, it's abundantly clear. You know, it's here's your budget. Good luck. Go get them. Um, and, you know, they'll make a movie out of it, even if you don't win the World Series. If you mm-hmm. just make it to the playoffs, we're going to make a movie out of it. 
Um, so I, I think that I think that's an interesting wrinkle. That's something that could happen. Uh, Nashville is abundantly a slam dunk. The, the second one is harder. Uh, obviously, we need to figure out how this plays out with Vegas and Oakland. But, you know, I don't see Salt Lake being viable. Uh, Charlotte's interesting. Um, Portland, I don't see them being viable. Um, you know, what keeps coming up is Newark. But that I just don't see them being able to, to fight off the Yankees fans. No. So, I mean, I, it, it's really hard to find that second one. So that's why this whole Vegas-Oakland shuffle is, is somewhat interesting. Here's where I, I know Nashville is obviously, it, I mean, it's almost a guarantee that they're going to look to Nashville. And I know they would like Vegas if Oakland decides to, if, if Oakland, Oakland can manage to keep their team. But you and I were texting about this. Um, wealth, population, passion, Mexico City to me, um, why not? I mean, they love Major League Baseball. <laughs> it would be an absolute I think it would be a financial success. You have to overcome, you know, almost 9,000 feet in altitude and in Mexico City to have a super humidor, maybe like we have in Colorado. But uh, all it checks every every single box. And the climate's not terrible in Mexico City because it is at such an altitude uh, that the, the temperatures are not brutal. And I mean, it's a it's a it's cooler in in general, and you obviously you're never going to get uh, all that uh, all that cold. Let me get to Shohei Otani before we have to say goodbye to Elliot Johnson. All right, so he's one of the best hitters and one of the best pitchers, and probably the best athlete in Major League Baseball. I don't know if he's going to stay with the Angels or not, but what does the next contract look like for him? Oh, good grief. Um, well, so he's already on a, you know, a team-friendly uh, extension. Mm-hmm. Okay? So uh, the Angels do get some credit for being smart, being proactive, and getting that piece done, okay? Um, however, he's not going to stay with the Angels. I just don't see it happening. He's made it abundantly clear that he wants to win, and he doesn't – he's not super – you know, Japanese culture is 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 very interesting. is very respect driven. Um, he is probably one of the easiest players to root for because how he carries himself, how hard he works, obviously how good he is. But he's he's a great person. Mm-hmm. So he's a great ambassador for the game. And I can't wait to see in ten, fifteen years the next Shohei Otani after the World Baseball right. Classic and what he's doing in the game right now. So the the more that we can bring over here, the better the game is going to be for sure. So, you know, I know Ichiro's already planted that seed in Seattle, and you saw how they were they were transforming the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't see Seattle going out and writing that check for him. Uh, it's going to be north of 500. You know, um, it's, it's going co- to cost. Whoever ends up getting him, it's going to be really, really expensive. An interesting one to think about that nobody's talking about is the Rangers. They've been more than willing to spend money. They want to win. Um, there's somebody that could come in and make a play for them. Um, there's probably only five real teams that are probably going to have genuine interest. Um, you know, the, the Dodgers are always lurking. Right. Uh, Friedman is very, very uh, patient with these things. But for a player like him, I would, I would, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Dodgers ownership saying, you know, let's throw uh, any of our, um, I guess, conservatism on how we're going to do this. Uh, to the wind and let's make sure we get this generational talent because the business that he's going to generate for us and winning uh, together is going to be so phenomenal. 
So the Giants are kind of interesting there as well um, because they've got money to spend. Um, if new ownership, you know, it's not going to happen with Oakland, but, you know, so we can put that to bed. But if there was a new owner that wanted to make a splash, that would be interesting. So, you know, of course, Steve Cohen is always going to be lurking. Um, the Yankees should make a play, but how sincere they're going to be now that the boss isn't there anymore, I, I wouldn't consider them a serious contender. So there's probably a couple of interesting names there, but it's definitely going to start with a five, and it wouldn't surprise me if it goes into six. <laughs> I think it's going to be bigger than that. Uh, I Actually, it might not end up being in the $600 million number because he's 29 years old right now. I mean, our teams, I mean, maybe they will. A 10-year deal? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could. Uh, 10, 10 year deal. And if that's the case, then yeah, I do think it might be 10 years, 600 million. I mean, he is, he's two players. Yeah, he's crazy. There's literally, I mean, just on rosters, he can be listed. He, I think he might even be listed as a pitcher. And a hitter. Yeah. He's on two spots. (laughs) Like, it seems unfair. Uh Uh-huh. One thing that Elliot Johnson said there, and I'm going to fold it into uh, a story I just saw here in a second. One thing that Elliot Johnson did say, though, that, and it didn't really occur to me at the time, he'll be interested to see the next Otanis. So he's the first player, really, since Babe Ruth, who has done both at the same time. Eventually, Ruth just became a hitter. Yeah. But while there have been several other, mostly pitchers, who were good enough hitters to have been used occasionally in other ways, I know Madison Bumgarner was used as a DH uh, for a few series, none of them have gone full I'm a pitcher, and I'm a position player. And Otani has basically just been a DH. But he could play any. He can play the outfield. Heck, he could probably play center field. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on, or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90%, give the money, and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. But because now Otani has done it, how many others will insist on being allowed to do it. You know, we saw the kid in Florida. I don't remember his name because I didn't really watch a ton of college baseball this year that did not involve an ACC team, but there was a kid in Florida. Just same exact thing. Did both. It's more common in college because, you know, you're, you're these great athletes are also able to play other position, and we haven't gotten so much into specialization. Now, more often than not, we have. If you can pitch, you pitch. But there's a lot of guys who do both. But we never really see it at the big league level, but maybe Otani will usher in that era. And I'm here for it. Yeah. You know, if, if you can pull it off physically, that's the key. But 
man, Otani is great, and he is an attraction, yeah. and he has embraced it. It's entertaining. Good for him. Man, he's just, he is an absolute blast to watch. All right, I saw this story, and this should not come as a surprise to anybody. Um, based on a news item from probably six to eight months ago. The NCAA acknowledged today, this is from Jeff Borzello from ESPN, it's probably everywhere. The NCAA has acknowledged today that it has discussed possible expansion of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Now, remember, six, eight months ago, they decided that the size of postseason tournaments could, not should or will, could correspond to the number of teams who play at that level. So there are over four or over 340 teams playing Division One basketball. 25% is the cap. 25% of that number brings us to about 90. It's actually more than that. It's more than 340. It's like almost three. It might be might be 350 something. It brings us to about 90. Do I think the NCAA tournament is going to expand to 90? No, I don't. But, and I have been saying this for years as well, it seems that there is a level of imbalance and even unfairness in the in the way the NCAA tournament is, is structured now. If I were a six seed and I was going to play an 11 seed that is playing in a first four game, I would not be happy about it. Because a team that has just played two days ago is a whole lot more dangerous than one that hasn't played today. That one that hasn't played in a week. And I've always thought, first of all, we got, we might have to change the way the brackets look, but I have always thought that where they ultimately would end up is making all of the brackets look identical. So instead of two games between two 16 seeds in Dayton or wherever, and what we'll, ha- what we'll do is probably have another site, instead of two games like that, we'll have four games like that. Instead of two 11v11 or 12v12, whatever it is, that if two of those, we'll have four of those. And each bracket will look exactly the same. That's where I think the next wave of expansion will come. I think that adds eight teams, which will get us to 68-76. Getting to 90 teams, which they can do, would ultimately force a second. It would force an earlier start to the tournament, which I guess is fine. Or the first weekend, if you will, would simply be longer. If we basically threw um, however many more teams into each bracket, whether it's four, probably four teams into each bracket beyond what we have now, it would probably just stretch out the opening weekend or opening, um, yeah, opening weekend maybe wraps around Monday and Tuesday, starts Thursday and Friday, but ends Monday and Tuesday as you play three games, 
to escape the opening weekend. Maybe we eliminate the first four altogether, and it starts Tuesday and Wednesday. It's tough on travel. Either way, it's all tough on travel. And they don't care. It's about money. Always remember that it's about money. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.